Crossroads. Aren't you glad to be here today? Let's give our God a hand. What a great God we serve. Amen. We're, we're glad that you're here today. At this time, please pass the friendship folders down the aisle. We certainly appreciate you helping us with that matter today. Uh, our mission here at the church is to bring 
people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, we're glad that you're here, glad that you're growing with us in, uh, in our endeavor to uh, bring people to Christ. I want to encourage you as we go along to, uh, to continue to invite people to our services. It's, uh, we're starting a new series this week. It's called, the, uh, it's called Loving Like Jesus, The Power to Love Like Jesus. So we're coming off of Easter and uh, right into a new series, The Power to Love Like Jesus. So I want to encourage you to uh, put the word out, invite a friend. Hey, we're talking about some cool stuff here, all right? Just a, just a few thoughts in the bulletin. If you're, I could direct your attention to the bulletin. We have a baby dedication coming up here on Sunday, May 21st. We'd like to uh, round up. You know, we're, we're like in a baby boom right now, okay? There are babies everywhere. Every time I turn around, I see a baby being born, and I see another pregnant woman. So it's, it's wonderful. So as one comes in, another one's coming right behind it. And uh, we're thanking God for all that he's doing here in the church, growing our family. So we're going to have a baby dedication on Sunday, May 21st. If you'd like to participate in that with your child, I, I like to also refer to them as parent dedications, all right? Because we're going we're gonna to dedicate you as parents that you're going to serve, uh, serve the Lord by bringing your child up in the ways of, of the Lord. So I want to encourage you to, uh, if that's you, sign up to be a part of our baby dedication. Information is in the bulletin. And then our June Jamboree coming up here in June uh, out on the lawn. We're going to get a big stage out there again. Our band will be having a, a little concert out there. There'll be games everywhere. We're going to have a, a movie to top it off at the end of the night. Lots of fun things are planned on that night. Great night to bring a friend. And as summer starts, we all love to be outdoors. So plan on marking that on your calendar and invite somebody to come to that with you. It will be a great night. Just introduce them to the church, introduce them to a few people from around the church, and, uh, and they will, they, Jesus will be lifted up here that night as well. You see the date has already been set for Vacation Bible School as well. So, just a, just a few thoughts this morning. Uh, if you are a guest here, we want to welcome you to Crossroads. And if you haven't done so already, please stop by our Welcome Center. They will, uh, they will gladly uh, give you a gift this morning. We'd like to give you a gift for being here, just to say thank you for coming this morning. We're glad that you're here. I like to ask our ushers to come forward. And as they come forward, if you are our guest here this morning, please feel free to let the plate pass you by as this is for those that are our family regular and growing in the grace of giving this morning. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Our Father and our God, we come before you. We thank you for all that you're doing in this place. You're moving mightily, God. You're, you're, you're bringing people unto yourself. You're transforming lives of children, teenagers, adults. Lord, you're transforming us to be more like you. And God, as we, as we sit here this morning and, and, uh, and sing praise to you, we open your word, we glorify your name. Now, Lord, we come to this portion where we're able to give to your name and just say thank you. Thank you for being the great God of the universe. In your name we pray. Amen.
our band this morning, huh? Just uh, so excited about what God's doing in the church here. Thankful for our, our hearing us, our congregation sing. I'll tell you, both hours, I could just hear you guys singing unto the Lord and how exciting that is just to hear us growing in that area and uh, just to hear people really lifting up their praise to the Lord. We're, uh, we're starting a new series today, Love Like Jesus. It's really the power to love like Jesus. You know, we just came off of Easter, and Easter is always an exciting time. We're always uh, so thrilled to celebrate the resurrected Lord. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we we get to have eternal life as well. And uh, had he not risen, we wouldn't have eternal life. Uh, He wouldn't have been able to validate who he was. So the, the resurrection is everything for us. It validates everything about Jesus. Our church is all about Jesus. And so we want to continue today, we're going to talk about this, how to love like Jesus. How can I have that power to love like Jesus? I love one of the songs that we sing here. It says, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us, lives in us. And and that song, man, that just lights my fire every time I sing that thing. I love to hear it. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. And so that same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. And, uh, and, and then we come out of here. We're, we're excited about all that God is doing. We're, we get excited on Easter Sunday. We get excited about the resurrection. And then you go out and you start living life. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're just kind of going along your journey and you run into somebody that's difficult to get along with. Does that ever happen in your life? Okay, you run into some difficult situations, and and there are people that are challenging to you. And I realize that uh, that that you know we, you, we almost make this dichotomy. There's the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, and then I got to go to work. I have to deal with difficult people. I have to in, uh, be involved in my community with difficult people. And you, and you have all these issues where where we're interacting with people, and we say, okay, those are the hard places to live. But the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is going to be in your life and give you the power to work through some of those instances. So I want to look this morning at one of the things that Jesus said on the cross. Because as we look at what Jesus said on the cross, it is really a powerful, powerful statement. It's a powerful prayer that he, that he prays. So if you have your Bible, you can go over to Luke chapter 23, verse 32 is where we're going to begin. And uh, we're going we're gonna to look at several passages this morning. So the words will be on the screen or you can follow along in your Bible. Luke 23, verse 32, says that two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull or Calvary, uh, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And what do we know about the Roman crucifixion? We know that it was torture. Uh, it, was a, it was an extreme humiliation. The, the, we, we, get a, uh, we, we, get, we get a word uh, for the torture side of it uh, that we say in our, in our language, we use the word excruciating. And when you think of excruciating pain, you know, you're familiar with excruciating pain. Well, that word come, is, comes from the same Latin word for cross. And it's very interesting that in our culture, when we say excruciating, oh, I've got this pain in my side, it's excruciating pain. I hurt my, I I broke a bone, the pain was excruciating. That word comes all the way from the same Latin word that we get the word cross from. And so that's how brutal that the Roman crucifixion was. That it's even affected the way we speak today. It comes from the word cross, crucifixion. Uh, From that that root, that, that cross comes this word, Uh, excruciating. And so Jesus was on the cross and it was excruciating pain. And I want you to think with me about how that Jesus died on that cross. He's on the cross and they have a nail through each hand and there's a nail through his feet uh, onto the cross and he's hanging on the cross. He's been beaten beyond recognition, the scripture says. And now he's on the cross and not only is he on the cross, but it's also torture and humiliation. So the people, here's what ha- would happen in a Roman crucifixion. Um, they, they would come by and they would humiliate them. It was a criminal's death. Today, if we have a criminal that goes for the death penalty, uh, few people get to witness it. It's behind closed doors. There are a few people who get to see this, and, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a limited number. We don't parade it. We're, we're, not, uh, we're, not, we're not parading this thought that, that we've had to kill somebody. 
But in the Roman crucifixion, you know what they did? They put them up and they put them in a very visible place so that every passerby could come along. And as each passerby would come along, they would, they would, they would look into the eyes. So here's Jesus on the cross and he's looking down and there's people that are just looking right into his eyes. And they're, they're mocking him, they're destroying him, they're spitting on him. This is how Jesus died. It was, it was torture, not only torture, but it was humiliation. And so, so the, 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 the soldiers would humiliate him. The passerbys would humiliate him. The priests, the priests and the Pharisees, they're standing out on the edge. They're humiliating him. Everything about Jesus' death was, was humiliating. It was a, a, a torturous hum, uh, way of dying, a humiliation. And it's in that moment that Jesus says what is some of the most powerful words. Look how he prays. And Jesus said, verse 34, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Here it is. It's this this very moment that the people that he created, he was present at creation. The very people that he created are coming before the creator and they're mocking and they're destroying him. And he says, Father, forgive them. Father, they're, they're doing something that they don't even understand. They don't understand that I must go through this cross. They don't understand the depth of what's going on here. But Father, forgive them. For they are destroying the, this humiliation. They're, they're, they're taunting me. And he goes through this, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And then it says that they cast lots to divide his garments. So here's Jesus. He prays, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And then the soldiers are casting lots and saying, okay, who, who's going to get this? Who's going to get that? And, they, and they, they, want the, they want his garments. Verse 35, and the people stood by watching, but the ruler scoffed at him, saying, he saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, if he is the chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was, no inscri- there was, there was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. So it's in this moment of humiliation that Jesus is praying. And and this morning, I want us to think about this. How can we love like Jesus? How can we forgive like Jesus? Here here he is. He's on the cross. And the very perpetrators, the very people that are, are destroying him, he's looking at them and he's saying, Father, forgive them. He's praying for them. You were on his mind when he was on the cross. The people that were destroying him were on his mind on the cross. And he's not even thinking about his own freedom to get off this cross. He's not thinking about how much pain he's having. He's thinking about, Lord, these people don't even know what they're doing to me. Forgive them. Father God, and he prays to his Father, forgive them. And I often think, how can we get to a place like that in our life? How can I have the same power that rose Jesus from the grave to give me the same power to forgive people who are my enemies, to forgive people who are perpetrating against me, to forgive people who gossip about you, to forgive people who who, who are just hard to get along with, to forgive people that have caused you problems? How do we get there? Have you ever wondered what happened to the people that Jesus prayed for on the cross? He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Do you ever wonder what happened to those people he prayed for? Well, the Roman soldiers, we know this about the Roman soldier, on, uh, in Ma- Matthew 27, 54, says this, So when, when the centurion and those with him, who were guarding Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. These people that were mocking him and destroying him, and while he's praying, he's saying, Father, forgive them. At the moment Jesus dies, there's an earthquake, and all of a sudden God gets their attention. What do they do? Truly, this was the Son of God. Have you ever thought of those very people that killed Jesus, came to Jesus? Jesus prayed for them. They were his enemies, and he prayed for them. How about the religious leaders? Jesus prayed for the religious leaders too. Uh, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. These people have just, they're taking total advantage of the situation. They're destroying the the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They They don't understand the depth of what they're doing. And he says, Father, forgive them. The Pharisees, on the opening day of the church, Peter preaches and 3,000 people come to God. It's 50 days after the resurrection. 
40 days after the resurrection, Jesus, after he'd been seen of more than 500 eyewitnesses, he's taken up into heaven. He ascends into heaven. And then another 10 days later, we have the opening of the church. On the opening of the church, as we know it, the first day of the church, 3,000 people come to Christ. And it was preached by a, a sermon was preached by a guy, Peter, who denied Jesus three times. And as part of this movement, people were coming to Christ in an incredible amount of people. Acts chapter 6 verse 7 says this, Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. The priests start to come to God. It wasn't in his immediate time. It wasn't while he was on the cross was after he rose from the dead, after this movement started to spread. God made this movement, and within, within a few weeks later, even the priests, some of the priests who were, who were hurling insults at him, who, were, who pushed him on to the trial, it says that many of the priests became obedient to the faith. They became followers, and, and, and when I look at that, I see the central message of the cross is forgiveness. Uh, the central message of the cross, the cross of Christ was all about you getting forgiveness. You getting forgiveness for what you've done. Uh, our sin separates us from a holy God. Jesus had to go to the cross. And had he not went to the cross, you would not have eternal life. He went to the cross. He pays the, the, your debt that you couldn't even pay on your own. He pays the price for you on the cross. He's buried. He rises again that you might have eternal life. And in the midst of that, he gives us a picture of how our attitude ought to be, how to forgive. And I want you to think about this. If that was his, his, his attitude, how to forgive, we have a lot of situations that we have to forgive. Um, just about everybody in our church has been wounded. If you're alive, you've been wounded. Uh, somebody along the way has, uh, has taken advantage of you. They have abused your kindness. Uh, there's been all kinds of things that have happened in your life. Uh, some, some, some of you have been betrayed. Some of you have been gossiped about. There's nothing worse than being gossiped about or lied about, is there? Uh, I, uh, somebody was sharing with me the other day that, uh, that somebody, uh, somebody said something bad about them. And I said, okay, next. And they were like, oh, well, aren't, you, aren't you upset that they said that? I said, yeah, they shouldn't say that. I said, was it true? And this person said, no. I said, well, then there's nothing to worry about. Let's move on. Let's not, be, let's not get entangled in that. But I'll tell you what, when somebody says that about you, it hurts, doesn't it? Somebody says, well, you know, that person, he's no good, or he, he's, he's so mean, he, just, he doesn't care, he blows people off, or whatever. You fill, in the, fill, fill that thought in there. I want you to think about that. Somebody says something that's not true about you, it hurts. And there comes a moment where we have to, where we have to learn how to forgive. Um, how, how, about, uh, how about a Christian who didn't act like a Christian? It probably never happened in our church, right? All of our Christians are pretty close to perfection, right? Uh, have you ever got around a Christian who just doesn't have a Christian attitude? Uh, this happens more than I'd like to, uh, like to discuss. Uh, Non-Christians, uh, sometimes non-Christians can act better than us at times, right? Why? Because we're always right. Uh, when we get into an argument, I've never seen two people that are both right in an argument. Somebody's right, somebody's wrong, but both of them think they're right. And this happens in the church all the time. Christians come and, and we get our expectations thing. Oh man, church is going to be wonderful. I just, love, I just love this place. And then all of a sudden somebody says something to you. All of a sudden you had a, a disagreement in the third grade classroom. All of a sudden there was a disagreement on the parking lot. And, and man, all, all these things. And this is where the tension comes. And so how do we deal with that tension? How do we take that tension and deal with it with, like Christ did? How do we deal with forgiveness? Maybe some of you, you're dealing with a parent. You've been holding a grudge on, uh, on a parent. Maybe your, your mom or dad wasn't there for you. Your mom or dad, you can never please them. How about that? That's one I think that many of us have to deal with. We could never have pleased our parents. Or at least we felt that way, right? Uh, maybe some of you, you're dealing with a grudge on somebody that's not even living. Maybe your parents have died, and you're still holding a grudge on somebody. Maybe it's somebody that was in your family, somebody that was in your community. Now, there are some, some, there's a wide spectrum of things. There's, there's things that are, are the, these little incidences, all right? And, and these are the little, little scuffles that we get into. He said, she said. 
verses all the way down to, to somebody who's committed a crime against you. They need to be put in jail. They are in jail the rest of their life. There, there, there's, there's a big gamut here, isn't there? And I'll tell you what, I have, I, I'm, I'm a little better on the small end. I'm a little better on the end that says I can deal with people that, that, uh, that I don't like, that, that have made small offenses. But when I deal with somebody that's made a big offense, boy, that's where I really struggle. So this morning, I would like to share with you uh, three steps that you can learn to forgive as Jesus forgave. Three steps to learn to forgive like we see Jesus forgiven on the cross. And the first one is to claim your own forgiveness. You've got to come before God and claim your forgiveness. You cannot forgive. You will have a hard time truly forgiving others until you understand that you've been forgiven by God. You've got to come first and understand that. You, you see, you'll never be able to do something on the outside unless it happens on the inside. You have to have this transformation on the inside. Something must happen on the inside of you before it can happen on the outside of you. And, and this is true in many areas, but especially in this area of forgiveness. So you come to the Scripture and you say, okay, I need to forgive. And you walk out of here today and say, okay, I need to forgive. So I'm going to go forgive. Well, that just doesn't work. I found that it doesn't work because that's an outward conformity. If I take something from the outside and don't process it on the inside and grow and learn and mature, that I really don't truly forgive. I may go through an act of forgiveness. I may go through an emotion of forgiveness, but I don't truly get down to that forgiveness. So something must happen on the inside before anything can happen on the outside. Um, Look here, uh, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The Apostle Paul says here that I may know the power of the resurrected Lord, that I may know him and his power. That's what we're talking about, the power to forgive here, right? The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Uh, you know, there, there is, he says that we will fellowship in the sufferings with Christ. If I were to tell you this morning that, that following Christ uh, just just is going to be all easy and that there's no pain. Come and become a follower of Christ and all pain will be gone. I would be lying to you. Because this verse here tells it real clear that we, he says, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Fellowship, that's whenever we have an exchange, when we're talking together, we're hanging out together, we're sharing this burden. So he says that I may know him, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of the suffering of Christ. If you haven't suffered, get ready. It's coming. There is suffering. We must go through suffering. He says, in being conformed to, to, to his death, the death on a cross, what Jesus did. Uh, if by any means, verse 11, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, if by any means I may see the victory, I may see the victory, the resurrection from the dead. When Jesus rose from the dead, he conquered death. This is how we have eternal life, because he conquered the price for your soul. Psalm 103, verse 12 says, He has removed our sins as far as the west. As far as the east is from the west. Psalm 103, 12. Think about that today. Your sin, he says that your sin, God has taken it, and it is that far. The east and the west will never meet. It just never meets. And he says that, that it, it's gone. He, he has taken it off the record. Uh, Psalm, uh, I'm sorry, Colossians 1, 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and, convey, and, and conveyed, or in other words, he brought us into the kingdom of, his of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The blood of Jesus, the cross of Christ, the resurrection, it was all about forgiving you. And the first step for you to be able to forgive somebody else is to come in and understand that you have been forgiven. Hebrews 9.12 says that with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. One time, it was done. You see, what happened there, he says it's not by the, the blood of any animals, not the blood of goats and calves. He says it is by... 
the blood of Jesus. And what he's referring to, the, the, the Jewish people had a, there was a system that God set up, a system of worship. And they would come and they would, they would sacrifice and they had these lambs and they'd have to sacrifice on a regular basis and, and every year they'd come back and they'd have to sacrifice and, and they would go through the sacrificial system. And, and the apostle here says that, that with his own blood, with the blood of Jesus, he entered the most holy place one time. And on that day, when Jesus went in there with his blood, he forgave you of your sin. That's it. The way you get that forgiveness is not by adding anything. You don't have to go back. There's no going back and redoing the sacrifice. Jesus will never have to die on a cross again. One time it was done forever. And it says that he secured our redemption forever. So this morning, I want to invite you. Open your heart and believe. Will you claim that forgiveness? Claim the forgiveness. It's already been done. The forgiveness has already been done on the cross. And Jesus says that you, all that you have to do to get that forgiveness applied to you is to have faith. To believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. So the first step for you to have true forgiveness is for you to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. To understand that it was him on that cross that paid for your sin. And ask him to apply that to your life. Uh, the second thing to do is, is this. Not only do we need to claim our own forgiveness, we also need to pray for those that hurt you. Now, I find this one's a little bit tougher, don't you? I, I mean, I, I, I think I can pray for the people that, that I don't like in the hallway, right? You know, you run into somebody in the hallway at work or, or somebody in the community, you can always walk away from them. But when somebody hurts you, it's really hard to pray for them, isn't it? I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. you know, does anybody else struggle with that? Say amen. Okay, there's three honest people in the church this morning. Okay? I, I, want, I want you to think about that. We, we struggle with this. All right? We struggle with this. Because whenever it comes, when push comes to shove, somebody has said something bad about you or they've harmed your family. I'll tell you what, when somebody harms the family of God up here, uh, as a shepherd... I care about our flock. I, I, my heart goes out. When I see people in pain, man, I want to protect. I want to put the boxing gloves on, and I want to do the old one too, you know? Have you ever noticed that's what our natural reaction to, uh, to, to pain is? If somebody hits you, what do you do back? What do you do? Turn to your neighbor. What do you do when somebody hits you? Turn to your neighbor. Tell them. I have to wake you up a little bit, make sure you're still here. Post-Easter, you're a little dead, right? All right? You hit them back. You hit them back. I was with somebody the other day. They were telling me about their kid. They said, well, we instructed our kid, don't take the first punch. But whenever you get punched, you let them have it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. And then your kid gets totally beat up, right? I was taught when they take the first punch, run. Um. Pray for those that hurt you. I, I have a hard time praying for somebody who hurts me. You know, it's like a bee sting. Do you ever get stung by a bee? It, it, really, it really drives you insane. I, I hate it. You know, uh, you're, you're mowing the grass and a bee stings you, and it's like the whole world has ended. I, I, I was in my office the other day, and I was meeting with somebody, and I had the window open because it was a nice day, and sure enough, a bee found my office within 10 minutes. I don't know how that happens. And, and this person was coming in to meet, and I tell you, I was so distracted over stupid bee things that big, right? Compared to this incredible physique, right? This, this little bee comes there. And so I'll tell you what, I couldn't have the meeting. I'm like smacking that thing. I finally killed it. I, you know, I got it out of there and I was like, yeah, victory. That's the first victory I've had on a bee in 12 years, you know? And, and then, then we were able to have the meeting. But here's what happens. You get stung by a bee. Your natural reaction is, ah, you're smacking yourself. You're, you know, if, if, it, if you get stung by a bee while you're driving a car, look out for anybody that's, who's, who's around you, right? Your car's swerving all over the road. Or at least that's how it happened in the Barner family, right? Uh, when, when a bee. So here's what happens. It's natural. We want to put on the boxing gloves. When somebody hurts us, we have two gloves, one for protection and the other for defense. And I'll tell you what, somebody takes a jab at you or your family, here's what you do. Defense first. And you take a swing. You hit me, well, I'm going to hit you harder. And that's what we do. But Jesus had a revolutionary message. His message was totally different than that. 
Luke 6, 28, he says, Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. You know, there, there, are, there are times that people hurt us incidentally. You know, somebody, somebody has, has harmed you and they didn't mean to. They've stepped on your toes. They've hurt your feelings. And it wasn't, that wasn't, they didn't really mean to. But then there's those that spitefully use you. I mean, they're just downright mad. Maybe they want your job. They want to get you out of your position. Uh, they, they want your family. I mean, there's all kind of things. And there are people that spitefully use you. When you come into that, that is really hard to pray. I find that it's a real struggle there. I think some of you are saying, oh, yeah, I'll pray for them. I'll pray that their brakes go, go out on, on a long hill, right? And I think that's where we all go first. I'll pray for my enemies, you know. The first thing I want for my enemy is to go over that hillside. Uh, he deserves it, right? Let him rot in, and you know the rest. And, and, that, and that's where we go. But Jesus' message was revolutionary. He said, look what he says in Matthew 5. He, verse 43 says, you have heard that it was said. So he, he says, you have heard that it was said. In other words, all of your life you've been taught this. All of your life, you have been taught this, that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And truth be known, I think that's the American way. I think the American way is love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Somebody harms you, you cut them off. You don't even talk to them. Uh, you, you, you just, we, we can avoid them. Uh, there are people that I have to deal with that, that are enemies of our life, that are, don't see eye to eye on many things. And, and I'll tell you what, the hardest thing for me to do with an enemy is to sit and have a dialogue. It's really hard. It's hard for me to love them. But this is what Jesus said. His message was said, don't do what na- comes natural. What comes natural is defense and attack. One glove to protect, one glove to attack. Jesus says, you don't got to defend you don't have to attack. He says, I'm telling you right now, verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Do good. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. When Jesus said this, do you realize that every mouth in the audience dropped? Every jaw dropped. was like, wow. Listen, the Greeks, the, the Greeks worshipped a god called Nemesis. Nemesis was known for revenge. He was like the god of revenge. Um, they understood retaliation. The, the Jews, they understood an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Somebody hurts you, you hurt them harder. They understood that. But Jesus' message was revolutionary. He says, I'm telling you to love your enemies. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for them. So I want, I want to encourage you today to, to pray for your enemies. If there's somebody that has hurt you and you're struggling with some forgiveness issues, here's where we have to come. Don't go to forgiveness first because that's what we all want to do. The Bible says I have to forgive, so I've got to forgive and I've got to forgive. No, no, no. Come and get forgiveness from God for your own account. Begin to pray about that person who's harmed you. And, you know, your first prayer will be, Lord, let his brakes go out down the hill. And then as you start to pray, you'll start to understand. God says, all right. You'll be like, God, do something. That's a good place to start. God, do something. This guy is, is like, you know, under my skin. Uh, this person has harmed me. I don't want to ever see him again. But God, even though I don't ever want to see him again, would you do something in his life? That's what happened to the, to, to the people on the cross. Jesus prayed for them. He says, Father, forgive them, right? It was no fun when they were spitting on the master. He's got a crown of thorns on him, the king of the Jews. It's total mockery, total, total mockery. And then Jesus is saying, God, forgive them. Jesus wasn't saying, Lord, bring more on. May they humiliate me more for your name's sake. May they totally emaciate me for your name's sake. No, he was saying these people are destroying everything that I've lived for. I understand the greater picture, Lord. Forgive them. As you begin this prayer. Why would Jesus tell us to pray? I asked my wife this. Why would Jesus tell us to pray? 
for enemies. Why? And here's where I've come to understand. When you pray, God begins to transform your mind. Everything, you realize all your actions start in your mind. Sometimes we do mindless actions too, right? (laughs) But most of the time, everything is coming from the mind, our attitude. So when when God gets a hold of our mind, he now can change our attitude, and then he can change our action. Do you know there are all kind of, all kind of things about unforgiveness? Uh, there's, there's all kind of, uh, you know, you're dealing with bitterness and all these issues that come up from that. But when we come before God and we start to pray, God, this perpetrator, would you do something in his life? God, that guy who totally hates me, that I've been so offended by, that has totally mocked me, would you bring him to yourself? God, you won't be able to use me in there anymore because I've really, I've really told him my mind. But God, will you change him? Will you bring him unto Christ? And here's what happens. Your attitude begins to change. He starts to, God begins to grow your mind. He transforms your mind, which transforms your attitude, which transforms your actions then one day you'll be able to forgive. You see, when, when we walk around with bitterness, and, and here, here's what happens. My prayer for others may or may not change them, but it will always change me. If I walk around with bitterness and I'm not forgiving, guess what happens? I am up all night long. I'm getting up at four in the morning and I'm angry and I'm holding this bitterness. And bitterness, by the way, folks, bitterness, there are studies of what bitterness and unforgiveness do to your health. It is a health destroyer. Uh, there are things that will just, it will, it will take you down. And I'm not saying that all health problems are from that, but I'm saying that there are many health problems that come as a result. Just get on the ulcer list. Get on many other lists out there, many things. And, and there are ulcers that come from, from other things too, like poor diet and poor other things and all kinds of issues. But these are some of the things that can happen from bitterness, from unforgiveness. Many, many areas of our life. So what happens when I pray for my enemy? God may or may not change them. When Jesus was on the cross, I don't know how many he changed. And none of the change happened while Jesus was on the cross. But after Jesus rose from the dead, guess what? There were a lot of soldiers that were following God. There were a lot of priests that were following God. There were thousands and thousands. In a short time, more than 100,000 people came to Christ around the Jerusalem area. 100,000 people in just a, probably like just a matter of a few years. It was incredible. So people that were there, they became followers of Jesus. And here's what happens. When I pray for my enemy, God has the opportunity to change me. And if you will give God the opportunity to change you, guess what? He will. He will. He, he will give you that opportunity. He'll change you if you'll give him that opportunity. First, we need to be forgiven. Second, we need to pray for those who hurt us. And then thirdly, we need to forgive the same way that Jesus forgave us. In the same way that Jesus forgave you, you need to forgive. And see, if we start at number three, we're never going to get to number three. You've got to go back to number one. God, I am so thankful for what you have done for me. I deserve to die. I deserve eternal separation, but you have forgiven me. Number two, God, this person has, he has made me mad. She has made me mad. God, I need you. I need you to do something there. God, help me to forgive. Do you know most of the time when I have to forgive, I don't want to forgive? I don't want to forgive. I, I, I want to go out and say, let me take them back. Let me take them down because when they're down, it hurts even more. And when, they, when they're down, I know I can win. I can be the victor. God says, no, 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 no. You don't got to go down there and be the victor. You got to pray for that man. You got to pray for that woman. Those people that have harmed you, that have said bad things about you, it doesn't matter. He says, you come before the Almighty God and you ask God to take care of the situation. And while you can't solve the situation, you can't change the past, I'll tell you what, you can change the future by forgiveness. 
You can change the future by forgiveness. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. I love that word, bear with each other. I tell people that are my closest, thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for putting up with me. I'll tell you what, I've got so many areas that I struggle in. I'm not perfect. I'm just another man. That's the way we all need to be living our life. I go to my wife all the time and say, thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for putting up with me. And she goes, well, it is rather hard. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances. Make allowance for each other's faults. I love it. Make an allowance. That's what bear is. To make an allowance for each other's faults. Uh, expect your wife to offend you, folks. Expect your husband to offend you. See, I'm now making allowance for it. I, I, I know that it's going to happen. I know it. And, I, and I, my wife, she already expects it out of me. But when we, when we come and we learn how to forgive as the Lord forgive, how did the Lord forgive you? Unconditionally and limitless. That's how he forgave you. Unconditionally. There was no condition to your forgiveness. He didn't say, if you never do that again, I'll forgive you. He died on the cross knowing that you'll probably go out and recommit your sin over and over and over. He says, I have died to pay for your sin and all you have to do is believe. All you have to do is trust. You see, it's not by you earning that. You can't earn your salvation. That's how he did it. And it's limitless and it's unconditional. So this morning, as, as we wrap up here, I want you to think about this. When, whenever we hold somebody in, in unforgiveness, here's what happens. We think we're putting them in jail. Here's this person and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to forgive you. I'm going to be mad at you for the rest of my life. And I'll tell you what, you better not even get close to my house. And I'm never going to your house for Christmas. And if Christmas gathering's at his house, I'm never going there again. And we go down all that list. Have you ever heard those discussions in your family? You've never said that. And you put them right there. You know what happened? That guy, you actually are not putting him in jail. You're putting yourself in jail. Because every time you think about him, you're angry. Every time you think about him, you're feeding your ulcers. Every time you think about him, you're, you are destroying your life by putting that guy in jail. I like what Anne Lamont said. She wrote a book called Traveling Mercies, Some Thoughts on Faith. She said, uh, not forgiving is like drinking rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. It's like you drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. That's what non unforgiveness is. And, and what, we've, what we're called to do is to just start praying. Assume your forgiveness in Christ and then let, uh, come before God and pray. And then eventually, through the power of God, you're able to let it go. You're able to stop drinking the rat poison. You're able to stop coming and, and living in bitterness. And when we live in bitterness, listen, it destroys us. As we close this morning, I'm going to share with you that uh, there, are, there are several things that, and uh, people that you need to forgive. And I think there's one person that you need to forgive even more, and that's yourself. Many people are sitting here this morning, and they're upset with things that they've done in their past, things that they've said, and there's guilt and God gives you the power even to forgive yourself because you have been forgiven by Christ. Forgiven people can forgive people. And so this morning, as you've been forgiven in Christ, you can, for, you can begin to pray, and on that prayer process, you can even ask, Lord, help me to forgive myself. And it's not something that happens instantly. It's something that happens over a period of time. And I'm just going to share this with you as, uh, as, as we wrap up this morning. I had a brother that died of a drug overdose, 34 years old, most painful period of our lives. And I'll never forget because, you know, when, 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 when you're dealing with these type of addictions, it hurts everybody. There's not, there's not a person in the family who's not affected by it. Um, I wasn't living in the house where he was at, but I'll tell you what, there's not a person who's not affected by it. And, uh, and I'll never forget the last words that I had with my brother. Were not pleasant. 
uh, he, wanted to, he wanted to make something on my mother's lawn while my mother was in the hospital. And I just looked at him and I said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And that was the last words we ever had. And a week later, I'm looking in his coffin. And you know what I had to do? I had to learn how to forgive myself. And I beat myself up for that statement for a number of months afterwards. And, and finally, I came to the realization, okay, God, I'm not your perfect child. You didn't make any perfect children. You still love me. And even though I didn't share, and I know I didn't cause his issues and all these things, I had to come and I had to let God forgive me. And I had to let me understand his real forgiveness. Then I was able to tell myself, it's okay. And so this morning, there are things that many of you are working on. There's things that you've been holding a grudge for a long time. It could be your mother, somebody that's not here, uh, somebody that's alive, whatever. There's all these things that we have to deal with. And God says, just come and understand that I forgave you. Pray for your enemies. Pray for those who who spitefully used you. And forgive like I forgave you. As we close this morning, I'd like to end with the Lord's Prayer. Because forgiveness was such a big topic that Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. And he included it in the Lord's Prayer. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, if you would like to join me in praying the Lord's Prayer, you may pray out loud with me, or you may pray silently. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Just in the quietness of this moment as the musicians get ready to close our service, I would like to ask you this morning, will you take the first step and claim your forgiveness? It's already been done on the cross. He paid the price for your sin. All that you have to do is come and claim it. Believe. Put your trust on him. And so if that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you, to repeat a prayer after me just quietly in your heart and just pray something like this to God. Dear God, I come before you and I need you to forgive me of my sin. You died on the cross. You were buried. You rose again. And you paid once for all for my sin. God, today I'm claiming that forgiveness in your name because you paid the price for me. I invite you into my life right now and I ask you to change me forever. And for others in this place, maybe you are struggling. Struggling with, there's people in your life that have offended you. There's perpetrators. There's people that have caused pain. Some are small, some are large, some are alive, some are dead. This morning, may I invite you on this journey. It is a journey to forgive. It's not something you walk out of here after a 40-minute message. It's something that you walk out of here and you say, I'm going to start the journey. And I'm going to begin to pray every day for this. I'm going to pray for that person. I'm going to pray for for these things. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God. To let, to, to, to let that go. For me to let this go. Lord, give me the ability to forgive because I cannot do it on my own. Will you walk out of here today and make a plan? Father God, I pray you'll be with each person, Lord. As we end our service, the altar is open, Lord, for whoever would like to come and kneel and pray. And Lord, help us to respond to your kingdom. Respond to your goodness, to your love. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we close our service. And uh, let's sing our closing song, Respond to the Lord. If you'd like to come and kneel and pray, feel free to do so.